Hello, and welcome to Methods to the Madness, a fan's take on the ins and outs of the work of animation studios. So sit back, relax, have a nice drink, and enjoy the podcast. Hey, everybody. Hello. So this week, we're going to talk about Cartoon Network. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit different than the other things we've talked about because it's a TV channel. And it is a subsidiary of Turner Broadcasting, which in turn is under Time Warner. It was mm-hmm. founded in the 90s. Most of their content is children's shows, and most of it is animated. They have a variety of genres, and um, there's lots of things that y- to choose from yeah. to watch. What's your favorite show? Well, my favorite long-standing... Okay, I have two favorite long-standing shows, one that's technically not from Cartoon Network, but I'll talk about the one that they made. Anyway, <laughs> it's... Uh, Samurai Jack by Gendy Tartakovsky. Love that show. It's vi- it's probably one of the most cinematic animated shows you could find like anywhere. Mm. Where it's okay, the quality of everything is is phenomenal and stuff. It's very pretty to look at and everything. But a lot of how it's written and how it, well, how the story progresses and everything, about 90% of the actual show in its entirety is com- is quiet with no dialogue and very slow and methodical, mm-hmm. whereas it's very different from the stereotypical cartoon that's wacky and all over the place and stuff constantly happening mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And lots of dialogue. That's yeah. actually really interesting because I feel like people think, well, if it's for children, that means it needs lots and lots and lots of talking at all times mm-hmm. and noise and music but that's really an interesting take on a show yeah my favorite show is steven universe which is a more recent show it i think Mm -hmm. it started airing in 213 so it's really good the animation's beautiful the songs are good the characters are interesting and i feel like it tackles some pretty heavy themes and subject Uh matter despite the fact that it's technically you know for children or whatever yeah a lot of the fans i know are probably like teenagers young adults Mm -hmm. You can kind of notice that with a number of different really long-standing popular shows like that where they'll Mm -hmm. go a bunch of different places that kids' animated shows don't normally go to, like Adventure Time's another one. Avatar, The Last Airbender, that was on Nickelodeon a lot. Oh, yeah, Was another really good example of that. Mm -hmm. But Speaking of that, I think Adventure Time is a really interesting show because most of the fans I see of that show Mm -hmm. are not children. Yeah, it's it's not kids. It's it's usually teenagers and young adults or adults that are older. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because a lot of Adventure Time, because I haven't seen the whole show, but I've seen some episodes, relies on like mm-hmm. a certain style of humor and in jokes and stuff that Whoa. appeals to like older fans. Like I think uh-huh. kids will get something out of it because it, it's just kind of a weird world and it's interesting and the the animation's pretty and like the characters are fun. But like there's a lot of things in it that I feel like kids mm-hmm. won't pick up on. Yeah, as where well, it's kind of in, interesting. Yeah, Adventure Time is a bit of an oddball <laughs> of a cartoon mm-hmm. where it's the animation style is a little reminiscent of like Rubber Hose style mm-hmm. of like early cartoons, but modernized in a different way. And it's got a bizarre mishmash of one moment it'll be like this deep, like weirdly deep. Re- going over this deep relationship between like a father and a daughter type thing. And then two seconds later, it'll revert to a fart joke. 
Yeah, it's it's an interesting show. I feel like a weird. lot of animated shows recently have kind of upped their game in trying to appeal to older audiences. Yeah. Not that shows from the past didn't do that, but I don't know, that's just kind of mm-hmm. something I've noticed is that a lot of fan bases for some of the newer shows that have come out from different channels have mm-hmm. really pushed to like yeah. appeal to people more our age. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, how else do you really explain the brony community with the bizarre Milo Pony phenomenon from a couple years back? Oh, yeah, definitely. That's and something that shows. Was- I believe that shows in it's like it's sixth or seventh season now. When oh, wow. I found that out, I was like, wait, that's still going? That's still a thing? <laughs> yeah. So some of the older stuff that Cartoon Network mm-hmm. made, the, their original shows, they've acquired a lot of shows, but they yeah. had original programming. I remember growing up with, and mm-hmm. a lot of people that I you know talk to, I'll be like, oh, this show. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember watching that. Some of them include things like Dexter's Laboratory, Johnny yep. Bravo, Powerpuff Girls, Courage the Cowardly Dog, Codename Kids Next Door, and the list goes on and on. Yeah, where, <clears throat> okay, brief history lesson. I'm a Ted Turner, founder of like Ted Turner Group or whatever. <laughs> anyway, he bought, at some point, he bought out MGM and also eventually Hanna-Barbera cartoons and wound up with the rights to basically like 60, 70% of cartoons that had been made up until that point everywhere mm-hmm. and he created Cartoon Network as a place to host all of it all yeah. so up until like the early 90s it had been stuff until that and they came out with like the Moxie show which was this bizarre like CG mm. disgusting to look at thing then Space Ghost Coast to Coast was like this talk show spoof thing of Hanna-Barbera shows but the first original content stuff like Dexter's Lab and Johnny Bravo came from this other show called What a Cartoon, which was basically this show that got a bunch of new artists that were like fresh out of college and everything, rounded them up and gave them the opportunity to make pilot short cartoons. Mm-hmm. And that's and some of those shows like Johnny Bravo, Dexter's Lab or Cow and Chicken came from those shorts and started and came came from and also inspired the first lineup of original cartoons that Cartoon Network came out with. That's really interesting, and that's an amazing thing that like mm-hmm. those students were given that opportunity, and I think yeah. that's why some of those shows are so imaginative and unique. They don't come from the minds of people that are in marketing going, what will sell toys, but rather, you know, yeah. <laughs> something that has heart, and I think that's why a lot of people still remember some of those mm-hmm. shows. They a lot of them, you know, they're very iconic. The characters, oh, the yeah. way they look, and just Cartoon Network has a very diverse style of is a incredibly diverse portfolio. Mm-hmm. I mean, even even up till now, where you have shows like The Amazing World of Gumball, which is probably the closest you can get in an animation show to a mixed media mm-hmm. style, where you have traditional 2D animation right next to CG thingamabob right next to a weird puppet that's been green screened in all in front of a photo of an actual place. Mm-hmm. It, it's, an, it's an interesting style that quite honestly works, really. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of their shows, uh, people remember the way the characters look and the colors and things because they all are very distinct. I wouldn't say... 
you can kind of pick out this is probably by Cartoon Network, but they each show mm-hmm. has its own unique look, and I think that's helped them stand out over the years. Yeah, well, okay, you can kind of compare this to the way individual characters are from film companies like Pixar and stuff, mm-hmm. but instead of being able to pick out individual characters you can pick out individual styles and say what shows those are Mm -hmm. from like i mean i've seen people do like certain kind of drawing mm -hmm. challenges where they'll draw themselves in the style of different animation things i know one that's popular is draw yourself in the style of a ghibli character a disney Mm -hmm. character and then for cartoon network a lot of people will mention specific shows because a lot of them have very distinct art styles Mm -hmm. that i've seen people uh, replicate which is really interesting yeah it's interesting that first example you brought up was ghibli that in um uh at some point Cartoon Network started running this thing at midnight called Toonami, which mm-hmm. what they would which they'd use to host anime that they've brought yeah. in from from the mysterious land to the east, Japan. So but, I do remember that. They had yeah. a lot of things. Some of the notable releases that they did included One Piece as well as Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball and mm. Sailor Moon. Yes. And there's there's a lot of other ones. I know Gundam mm-hmm. had quite a few of their series were on Cartoon Network mm-hmm. and Naruto. So that has definitely had a big impact because now there's such a big rise in anime and it's oh, so yeah. popular now. And I think that in part it was because so many people grew up watching some of those shows mm-hmm. when they were kids on Cartoon Network. Yeah, and them finally coming to America through channels like Cartoon Network and I mean like. They also had like four kids and other channels, but Cartoon Network was big too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I read on Wikipedia that uh, it says that in eighty percent of the homes that have cable, mm-hmm. they have Cartoon Network. On yeah, there. so it's a it's a big deal. I think a lot of places you go. I know when I was a kid, we used to go to lots of we'd travel a lot, so we'd go to different hotels. I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of TV, like the TVs would have something like Cartoon Network where they may not have like Disney or Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. but they almost always have Cartoon Network yeah. as the staple. So I think that's also helped them become such like, it's a household name. Yeah, well, part of that is because Cartoon Network is a subsidiary of like MGM mm-hmm. and associated with other channels like Cartoon Network, the direct rivals to Disney. So yeah, it's, it's I mean, like to compete with the Goliath of Disney Anything less would not be able to compete with them. Oh, definitely. But yeah, they've had a lot of changes over the years and a lot of different eras. And both of us grew up with a little bit of a delayed timeline because we both grew up in Asia. And so what we saw was a little bit different because the audience is different. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the shows would come out like after they had kind of been a big thing in America, mm-hmm. well, which is interesting. A good, well, a good but not perfect comparison to say is that the Cartoon Network Asia is kind of like how Cartoon Network America was two years ago. Mm-hmm. It's not perfect. You can, there's, it's not quite the same now, but anyway, but you can especially tell in America, you it goes through certain phases that sometimes just wouldn't even happen overseas. Like, for example, in the late 2000s, around 2000, like, I'd like to say nine or 10-ish, they -hmm. went through this weird Cartoon Network reel period where for some reason they had, uh, in 2009, I think it was, the, 
the live action year where the only kind of new content they put out for an entire year was live action stuff Oof, on maybe not cartoon a smart network move on their part. I think that it's really interesting how popular Cartoon Network is in Asia because yeah, it's, a lot of it's other uh, channels don't actually get broadcasted there. I know some people that did have very, mm -hmm. very, very briefly, they had Disney, I think, and yeah. Nickelodeon. However, those were lifted from other parts of the world. Uh -huh. um, <clears throat> so was Cartoon Network technically because it was lifted from Southeast Asia and I lived in East Asia. Mm -hmm. But um, that you could tell that it was geared towards an Asian audience, so it was different. Uh -huh. All the commercials were different. The shows that they ran were different. Oh, Whereas yeah. I, I know Disney does stuff overseas, and it might be different now, but when I was a kid, I did not grow up with Disney Channel being broadcasted in Asia. They, mm -hmm. I don't think they even like tried to do that as much. Well, I had, I had the Disney Channel growing up in Asia. It is interesting. They had a lot of region-specific shows mm. that... I did not like mm -hmm. because uh, they had a surprising number of shows that just came out of Malaysia for some reason. Mm. But anyway, to get back to Cartoon Network. Um, I, I know they've done well all yeah. around the world. I know I'm sure that Disney Nickelodeon have also done stuff. I just feel like the way they've distributed themselves and marketed themselves overseas has been really effective. Mm -hmm. Where, okay, to get a little serious right now, TV's dying. TV and is definitely one of the, struggling. <clears throat> a lot, one of the reasons... Okay, recently in America, for anyone out there in radio land, podcast land, whatever it's called, <laughs> who watches Cartoon Network a lot, nine times out of ten, I can probably guarantee you that the only show it feels like they ever show on Cartoon Network anymore is Teen Titans Go, yep. which... <sighs> it's not a good show. It's kind but of unfortunate. Compared it's to its predecessor. Okay. The, I've looked this up a bit before, but I'm not an expert, so don't quote me on this. But Teen Titans Go has been a consistently profitable show. Mm -hmm. and, and so like they're banking on that more than experimenting with new stuff or anything, which I can see why. But I think uh, they are trying to push and move towards a more online presence rather than mm. a television presence, where if you go online to, like, their website and everything, it's actually pretty good. I mean, like, they have... A lot of the episodes, area, right? Yeah, they I have seen places where they host a lot of their old cartoons and stuff. I mean, like, granted, you got to get, for a lot of it, you got to get, like, an account or something that costs money. But other than that, I mean... Yeah, it's definitely interesting to see how yeah. that's affected them because I think it's a little different if you're making films because people mm -hmm. will still go to the movies, use Netflix, yeah. Redbox, whatever. But cartoons, like you said, TV is is dying. It's changing. And so they have to kind of mm -hmm. keep up with the times. And it's really interesting to see where they're going to be going from here on out. Yeah. And um, I think that a lot of their new shows have been pretty good. So let, hopefully they'll keep making good yeah. content and really they'll air maximize it their potential more. online. Yeah, but... Overall, I think Cartoon Network has had its ups and downs, but it's other than, try, for whatever reason, hosting just one show most of the time, other than that, seem to be going in a pretty decent direction now. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So that's it for this week. Mm-hmm. And we hope everyone has a great December. Yeah, and we'll see you all next week, hopefully. Bye. Bye. 
Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate it. And we hope that you enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned for next week because we're going to have another one. And also like and subscribe and uh, leave comments. We'd love to hear feedback from you. And share it with people that you know that might be interested in animation. Anyway, have a great week, everyone. And uh, we'll see you. Bye.